everyone. Welcome to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders, my friends, Tommy J. Today, I have with me an amazing fellow, all the way from... Portugal. Portugal. This is my yeah. friend. I didn't ask you, I've never asked you how to say your last name, but I do know that it means rabbit in Spanish. So this is Bruno Coelho. Coelho. Yeah. Today I have with me Bruno Coelho. I would have not ever said it like that. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a guy who is at a crossroads in his own life. He's, he's stepping into new adventures. When I asked him how we would like to be introduced, he says, you know, I'm a guy who's at the crossroads of selling, coaching, and helping other people make an impact. Mm-hmm. A multi-passionate individual. We were having our little pre-chat here, and we just decided to hit record because he's saying some really great things, and I'd like him to share them with you. So for those of you who are new to our show, this is a platform where we get to just be real. We don't have set questions. It's more of just a conversation. It's a place where you don't have to have all your crap together or all your ducks in a row. It's a place where you get to come be real. You get to share your story in a way that you feel is impactful, the pieces of it that you feel will help others open those doors for themselves so that then they too can have the courage to step out and live a life courageously exposed. So with that, let's just turn it over to Bruno. I always start with how you were as a little kid, but before we get though, you were about to tell me something about... Leonardo da Vinci. Vinci. Yeah. Start there. So before I start, let me just say uh, thank you so much for the invite. Uh, I I really love the concept that you have here. Uh, The idea of living courageously exposed really uh, speaks to my soul because, you know, too often on social media and even in the real world, quote unquote, (laughs) we we hear these stories and people share their stories in a way that makes us feel like they know all, all the answers and they know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they have a meaningful mission and a fulfilling purpose and life's so perfect. Right. And, you know, and in the real world, you know, life's not that pretty, you know, there's doubts, there's disbeliefs, there's, you know, bad days and, uh, and when we choose only to focus on when things are working out just fine, we lose out on the uh, real opportunities to learn and to, in the real opportunities to really get ourselves exposed to who we are and uh, gives us a chance to improve if who we are right now doesn't really, you know, uh, makes us feel proud. So we, as human beings, as you said, I think before you hit record, uh, we are ever changing. We're not just, you know, static. We, we change and that's a good thing. So uh, that's the opportunity right here. So um, congratulations on creating this powerful concept. Hopefully people will resonate with it and, uh, and take this call to action to being uh, more authentic and real with themselves. I love um, it. Thank you for that. And, and again, thank you for, you know, being willing to share your time with us and to, sit in this heart space and share what's real about Bruno and yeah. you know the, the lessons that that have knocked you down and how you picked yourself back up and I'm really excited to get into that as well so thank Let, you let's get it so you were talking and we are we were talking about Leonardo da Vinci I was listening to a biography about his life story so for those of you who don't know who Leonardo was he was an artist but above all else he was his polymath he was this person who mastered different kinds of 
skills. So not only he was a great painter, he was a sculptor, he was an engineer, he was all sorts of different things, and he was really great at it. But what we know about Leonardo was, or is, uh, you know, his successes, you know, the best paintings, like the Mona Lisa, the best sculptures, the best work that he did. What we don't know is the struggle that he went through and all the work that he didn't finish, all the things that he said that he would do and didn't do it. He sometimes, some, some projects that he had, he let them be, you know, and let them stay as they were, like uh, incomplete for years. And some of those projects didn't even be completed at all. And that surprised me because I, I always felt like whenever I didn't, you know, hit publish on something that I was working or whenever I, you know, left uh, something incomplete, I was feeling really bad about myself because successful people, you know, they finish what they start always, right. like always, right? And I'm like, so I'm clearly not successful because, you know, I have ideas that I don't follow through. So I'm a procrastinator. And, you know, again, that, that's the reason why your podcast and your, your vision is so important because that's not true. You can uh, leave things out. You can't quit on projects and that's totally okay. Not because Leonardo did it as well, but because that's just part of life. Right. You know, that's my point. Um, and I'm only now, I'm 35 years old, but only now I'm getting to terms with this reality. Because for too long, I bit myself down because, oh, I'm not this way that I wish I was. And then I lived myself as, okay, I'm just someone who's distracted. Leonardo was being described as distracted all the time. Because he was passionate about life. He was curious about everything. He looked at the bird. He was like, oh, my God, this bird is beautiful. Let me draw the bird into, like, crazy detail. Oh, but wait a minute. I love math. I, I want to learn math. But, when but he never spent enough time on one thing, enough time to really become, like, a super expert. Right. Because he was always running around different things and uh, chasing different things that, you know, captured his intention. And his masters at the time were like, hey, man, you need to focus. It's like, hey, I, I don't have time to focus. And there's just so many things. And I really resonate with that um, part of, of his personality because I am pretty much like that. I, I, I wish I know many, many times I, I, I speak with my wife and I'm like, hey, you know, those people who have one obsession – and they have one mission in life. I'm just so envious about them because I really love, I, I wish I could just focus on one thing because I know my life would be easier, you know? I love, love, love what you're saying here because it also resonates with me. And, mm. and I love that you're pointing out that, you know, we all have projects that we don't do and then how we judge ourselves on that and think that we're failures or that we're never going to be anything successful or, that we have anything valuable to give to the world. And it, I love this story about, yeah. thank you for sharing that. I had no idea. I was listening. I was like, oh my God, it happened to him too. Okay. What, yeah. What is the resource? <laughs> like, was it a book you were listening to? Was it so that our listener, if they want to, can go and listen to it as well? Oh yeah. So the name of the book is, I'm, I was listening on Audible, uh, which is an Amazon app. Yes. Uh, it, it, it works on a subscription, monthly subscription basis. You get two books every month, which is Love cool. Audible. Oh, yeah. I, I just discovered Audible like weeks ago, I, I think. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Where, where was I? Right? Thinking. I'll share some good titles with you. 
Love it. So it's the name is Leonardo da Vinci, the biography by Walter Isaacson, Isaacson, Unabridged Audio. Yeah, something like that. Let me show. And I'm not sure if you're recording the video, but it looks like this. Okay. So yeah. say, the, say the title one more time. Leonardo yeah, it's Leonardo da Vinci, the biography. Okay. So there you uh, have it, listener. Yeah, you very good. You want to hear the story that uh, Bruno's been telling us about Leonardo da Vinci, get yourself on Audible. If, you, yeah. if you're not already on Audible, uh, it is a $15 a month subscription. We are not getting paid for this, by the way. This is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we That's true. Look into that, Bruno. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and check out the book, Leonardo da Vinci, The Biography by Walter Isaacson. Oh my gosh, what a cool way to get started. Just like busting the doors wide open that Here we, go. we have our ducks all in a row. But guess what? Life still goes on and we're finding successes all over the place. But you have to be willing to look for them or redefine what success looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Bruno, tell, yes. us, tell us about you. As a, What is it that you thought you wanted to do? What did you aspire to? How did you view success as a kid? Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, when I was, I guess, well, prior to being six years old, I guess, I I was uh, the, the type of kid that spent a lot of time at home. Uh, you know, um, I, I was not really the type of kid that was, you know, outgoing on the street, playing with other kids and that type of stuff. That wasn't me. Uh, I really liked, you know, to be um, in my own imagination, creating stories for myself, painting, and uh, uh, also playing some games. But I was the type of kid that would spend an entire day at home and would be totally okay with it. So um, I hear you tell us you're an introvert. Yeah, I would, I would consider myself an introvert for sure. Um, and one, one interesting aspect about my life or growing up was the fact that my grandmother, she, uh, resigned from her job to help raise me because my parents were uh, working double shifts and, uh, yeah, when they planned to, to create me, uh, they talked with my grandmother and, uh, they, they asked her, Hey, would you resign your job to, you know, take care of our, uh, son? And she's like, yeah, I would totally resign, you know, basically quitting on her career. And she dedicated her entire life to me. Wow. And yeah, and it was the best thing ever. I am very privileged and grateful and blessed to have her as a teacher and as a friend, as, you know, my uh, guardian angel, because she really made me become my best version, uh, you know, really, she really taught me to be kind, to help other people, to, to take care of them, you know, always having this positive outgoing attitude towards others, which really helped me when I started at school around six years old. That was a really uh, traumatic experience for me because I had to be, you know, I had to get out of my house, basically. Get out of, get out of the house and meet other kids. And when I was exposed to that uh, experience, I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to, you know, make friends. What the hell is going on? And the, and the other kids were like, this is easy. You know, this is what we do. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, everybody was running around. I remember this experience, like being totally lost, like time stopped. I froze and everybody was running. And I was the only one looking clueless, like what is going on? 
And then one teacher, I think it was my teacher, grabbed me by the hand. What's your name? And Bruno, this, this. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, you were, you were, you're with me. Come with me. And I was like, thank God someone took care of me. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? So my, my childhood was, at first, was me struggling to understand how relationships worked. And f- thankfully, I, I went into this idea of, I noticed that, you know, one of the most popular kids were really funny. So I was like, oh, is this what, is this what's needed to me to be, you know, to be the, the popular kid? Oh, I can tell jokes because, you know, my, my parents were always funny. Uh, we, we were always laughing at home. So I tried that and it worked like, oh, okay, you know, as long as you make other people laugh, it's all good. And uh, I I hacked my way into relationships that way. But one of the most, since we're talking about challenges, let's see, uh, let me tell you this story. So this was a small school. So we're talking about like, I don't know, like 100 kids or something. Then very small. Yeah, very small, 100 top maximum, probably less. Uh, but then when I was, uh, what, 11, 12 years old, I guess, I moved to another school, and that school was bigger. Now we're talking about probably 3,000 or 4,000 kids, I guess. So it was a big, yeah, it's a big, it's a big jump right there. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing about that school was um, it, it was a public, public school, and it, it had all kinds of different kids from all kinds of different backgrounds, Right. Uh, so in that school, we had several, you know, problems with violence and bullying. You know, at the time, we didn't even know what bullying was, you know. And I was this skinny little kid uh, that knew how to tell jokes. And I was a nerd because when I really wanted, I could go deep into, you know, learning stuff. And I was really good uh, because my mother always helped me that way as well. So to survive, and this is the interesting part, Jennifer, to, to survive, what I did was, okay, I need to join, I need to, you know, make an alliance with the toughest, toughest kids out there. Right, smart strategy. Yeah, because, I, I mean, if these guys love me and like me, uh, probably they will protect me. And I was right, okay? So the question is, how can a skinny little kid, uh, a nerd, become friends with the biggest, baddest guys out there. And I, I thought about it. You know, being funny was not enough because the guys were like, yeah, yeah, you're funny, kid. Yeah, uh, you know, good for you, <laughs> whatever. Uh, what really made a difference, and I think this is where my grandmother comes in, she, uh, you know, her teaching. Uh, it, what really made a difference was when I started thinking, how can I help these guys? You know, besides just making them laugh and having a great time, that's great, but how can I really help them? And I figured, since I'm really good at, you know, learning this stuff that we learn, you know, math, Portuguese, and history, and stuff like that, can I, like, teach him, teach them uh, on, on this stuff? Because it's really easy, at least for me, it was really easy, and I had zero doubts. I was totally certain that they would get it if I taught them, you know, uh, the way uh, at the time, I, I didn't have, like, thoughts like, okay, but if the teachers were trying... What makes you think that you're different or good enough or better to teach them? No, I had heard about something like, hey, this is easy. And I talked with them. I'm like, hey, man, um, I noticed that you guys are, you know, um, repeating the same year over and over again. And obviously you hate. Yeah. And obviously you hate this crap, but uh, I can help you. And at first they thought that I was, you know, kidding. (laughs) Great joke, man. No, no, no. I'm serious. I can actually help you, you know, and you don't even have to cheat. 
because I can teach you and it's easy. And I'm like, dude, if it was easy, we would already done it. Right. But I said, yeah, but uh, you haven't tried it yet with me. I'm different. I can, I can really help you, man. I, I, trust me. I love this part of the story because the way you describe yourself is that skinny, like just geeky kid. And you're saying, oh, trust me, I got your back. I can help you do this. Yeah, and the biggest and the, the most funny thing is like uh, throughout this whole speech, I'm, I'm looking upwards because the guys are like way bigger than me. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, listen to me, I can help you. And like, okay, man, all right, so I, we will give you a shot. Where 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 are we supposed to learn? And I'm like, hey, let's go to the library. And the guys, library. I, I don't think I ever entered the library. <laughs> it's it's fine. Let, let's go. So long story short, I actually helped them and they started in, to improve their grades. And they, for the first time ever, they they actually uh, had enough um, good grades to move forward to the next year. And the teachers were like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? What, what changed? And at, at the time, I was actually the um, elected the, uh, I don't know how to call it, the the it was kind of like a leadership role, it's kind of like the captain of the team or whatever. Right. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Okay. And so, so, so I was involved in like teachers' meetings and stuff like that. And um, when when I shared what I was doing, teachers were like, "Oh my God, you're doing that, and it's actually working!" Mind blown! <laughs> like, wow, fantastic! You know, congratulations. <laughs> so, not only did you help the, your fellow students, you actually were able to step in and open the teacher's eyes as well as to yeah. schools or different ways to teach the students. That yeah, we're... absolutely. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and no, the, the, but the crazy thing comes afterwards because 20 years later, I was, uh, you know, I, I called uh, over the phone. Um, I asked to bring some uh, pizza to my house. Not an Uber, but, you know, Pizza Hut or whatever it was. And the delivery guy comes in my house. He gives me the pizza, but he has this look in his eyes like he's staring at me. And I'm like, do I know you? What's wrong, man? And he's like, yeah, I think I know you, actually. And I'm like, okay, who are you? Because I, I, I was not you know, familiar with his face. And, he, and he's like, yeah, you're Bruno, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, uh, Bruno Coelho? Uh, okay, yes, I am Bruno Coelho. Well, who are you, man? And he says, I'm the guy that you helped back in the day. So he was one of these guys, you know, that I'm talking to you about. He said his name and my mind was, oh my God, what the hell is going on? This is crazy. It's crazy that he remembers my name. It's crazy that he remembers what I did. And that was the moment where I realized just how powerful it is when you really help someone and you have a meaningful impact in their lives they will never forget you. Right. Well, so we're talking right. about one person. Exactly. But. Well, and I love I love the part of the story, again, where you're just like the little guy trying to survive yeah. and not get beat up or bullied, and you realize this thing inside you, and you confidently stand up and say, hey, guys, like I can, I have this thing, and yeah. You don't even realize the impact that you're making at that, especially at that probably that young age. And then all of a sudden, here you are, we'll just say 20 years down the road, and you're meeting one of these guys, and he's like, ah, oh, like, do you help? Yeah. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Awesome. It was crazy. I, I started crying because it's just so mind blowing that I had the chance to really, you know, meet them again. 
and knowing that I made a difference really made uh, an impact in me as well. After having that interaction with this fellow classmate, what what did that do for you? What was, mm -hmm. the, what was the impact on you in that moment and where have you taken that since? Yeah, I wish I could tell you that and that was the moment where I realized that I was a coach. And from that moment on, I became laser focused on becoming the best coach ever. But no. <laughs> and the rest of the story is. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's a speech by Steve Jobs. Uh, it's a, a, spe a commencement speech to a school uh, or a university. And there's this moment on his speech that he says, the only way that you can connect the dots is by looking backwards. Because when you're looking forward, it feels, sometimes it feels, you know, crazy. It doesn't make sense. But when you look back, then it all makes sense. You can and see the lines. Exactly. And now at 35 years old, I can look back and see, oh my God, I've been a coach all my life. I just didn't realize that. And there's more things that I'm connecting that don't at first sight doesn't make sense or it, it's not really, you know, normal to combine them, but it, it's starting to make sense. Again, I wish I was, you know, this, you know, straightforward uh, story, but my story is kind of complicated because I'm so passionate and um, I just love life, you know, and there's so many things that attract my attention that, you know, I've been pulled, I've been pulled by life in different directions. Yeah, I, go ahead. I love that you keep bringing that out because I am almost positive that we have a listener who is going to relate to that. Like, again, <laughs> I am very much that way. It's, I, I always think I'm just being distracted or ADD, but the reality is for me, life is such this amazing big sphere of things to do and things to learn. And it's tricky for me to want to just, I always call it keyholing. So I'm mm -hmm. bringing that out because someone's going to resonate and the things that you're saying today, they're going to be impactful because there are people like you and I listening. Yeah. So on that topic, let me just share one thing that has uh, worked really well for me so people can uh, just take it away. Uh, and if they're listening this far already, let me give them something actionable that they can use. Yeah. One thing that really helped me, uh, you know, manage this uh, multi-talented uh, side of me is I noticed that to-do lists didn't work for me. Okay. So that was the first thing, you know, to-do lists is just a, a great way for me to feel depressed about myself. Right. <laughs> so, but at the same time, not sure if you feel the same way, but at the same time, when I'm doing something, oftentimes I feel myself like, I'm doing this, but I would really love to stop this and do something else. And when I'm doing something else, I'm thinking about that stuff that I stopped right here. So I, I have this constant frustration about me. So one thing that helped me was to just make a list of all the things that I love. And that's easy, okay? Because, okay, yeah, that's easy. All right, I can list the stuff that I love. I love music. I love chess. I love listening to great TED Talks. I love... Well, you just list everything that you love to do, reading, whatever it is. And then uh, you create a, a timetable, uh, like a weekly timetable, and you start uh, to create slots on that timetable. But instead of, list, uh, instead of identifying the exact activity that you will do, instead create a category of stuff that you will do in that one hour. 
say you're, you're going to say like, hey, in this one hour, I'm just going to have fun. In this one hour, I'm just going to read. In this one hour, I'm just going to watch a great presentation. And then when that one hour comes, do whatever feels right to you in the category of reading. So I have several books. I, I've, in uh, the beginning of last year, I invested like $300 in books. Because I, I knew, you speak to my heart. <laughs> yeah, because I knew that I would buy the books anyway. So I was like, okay, instead of buying one and one and one, I will just buy everything that I want right now. And then I will figure it out when I can read it. And instead of reading one book from start to finish, what I start doing is, okay, it's my one hour of reading. Let's see what I want to read right now. I want to read this. It's perfect. Boom. And I'm totally okay. You know, and then... So am I hearing you're the kind of guy, because I am very much like this, that can be in the middle of like 10 books at one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And isn't it amazing? Like for me in that experience, and again, our, we probably have a listener who, who gets this. It's amazing how you can be in several books at one time, but the way our lives process and move through things that when we come back to a particular book, it's like perfect for us in that moment. Whereas yeah. If had gone straight through it, it may not have been. Absolutely. I, I bought this one book. It's right there. Mm, yeah, it's right there. What's it's it the called? Black Swan. It's the Black Swan by Nassim Taleb. It's a great book, The Black Swan, Black Swan. right? The Impact of the Highly Improbable. I had this book on my bookshelf for, I don't know what to exaggerate, but over a year. So I bought the book and I didn't read it until the, the, there was this one moment where I was getting really frustrated about the way that we learn. And because I went into this coaching mentality and I wanted to share again, as I always try to do throughout my life, I wanted to share stuff that was working with me. And I created several different training programs, training people on different things. Uh, but I was really frustrated because I was not feeling as certain that I, as I was when I was younger, because now I had this ability to find what was wrong or what was vulnerable about the strategies that I was sharing. I would create a strategy that would work really well, but there was this one, two, three things that I could say that would break the strategy. I was like, okay, this is not good enough. So I went into the search of how can I create something, knowledge that is bulletproof, that nobody can uh, you know, expose me and say, this guy is a fraud because that strategy that this guy is teaching will not work in this situation. And this was the moment where I, where I started learning uh, about Nassim Taleb's work and the Black Swan, because the Black Swan is, you know, the story is, you know, for a long time, people believed that all swans were white, yes. 100%. So a swan equals white, until some researchers um, from, I don't know, what, what was the country, it doesn't matter, they found a Black Swan for the first time. And it, all it took was one instance of a white of a black swan to prove that the belief that all swans are white was wrong. Right. And that led me to realize how fragile is the way that we learn, because the way that we learn is based on a series of rules and truths. But when you start digging deeper, um, you will realize that some of those truths are not as solid as you once think it were that they were. Well, and don't you think that part of that is it's the beliefs and truths somewhat in part of the people who are teaching them to us? Yeah, it's not yeah that's true. The absolute truth in the whole planet, like swans, there are only white swans. But the yeah. people teaching us only know of white swans, or there's only been that much um, yes. evidence to that point. So Yes, 
The danger to that approach is from a student perspective, the best student, or I mean, the best teachers would not teach you the answers. They would teach you the process where you could find the answers. Because when you find the answers, yeah, because when you find the answers yourself, you're like, wow, there's this aha moment, you know, a light bulb goes on and you're like, wow, this makes sense. But when someone says, hey, one plus one equals two, you're like, okay, one plus one equals two. I can remember that, but do you understand? And you will catch this from now on, Jennifer. Maybe you already catch this before, but <laughs> oftentimes you hear coaches and experts say, I believe that this and this will lead to something. They often say, I believe, I believe, I believe, but very few people say, I know, because the belief, uh, the difference between saying, I believe and I know is when you say, I believe, it's like theory. So I believe because something. Yeah. But when you know you're certain, you're certain about something, and that's powerful. And when you're certain, a lot of good things happen. When you're certain, you have speed, you can actually take action faster than you can when you're uncertain. When you're certain, when you are uncertain, you're fearful, you're doubting yourself every step of the way. When you're certain, you just go, right? So, so let me ask you this question that, that's coming to my mind, and maybe yeah. the, a way to explain this a little bit differently is that sometimes when we come across people who know something or are very certain about something and, and in such, they are now closed off to any further learning or seeing things beyond what yeah. they know. So in your thought process and in your own learning, how, do you, how does one go about still being flexible and open within their certainty? There's this curve. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. Well, I, we will share on the, on the show notes somewhere. Uh, the curve goes like uh, this. When you have little knowledge, uh, usually the level of certainty of that person is really high. When you start to increase the knowledge, the level of uncertainty drops because you're aware of different ways that you can climb a mountain. There's just one there's more than one path to the top of the mountain. So they start to get less certain. And as they start to, uh, again, expand their knowledge base, their certainty starts rising, but they will never rise at the same level as a new person coming into a certain field. Because when, when you learn a little bit, you feel like, oh, okay, this is easy. But when you get experience, you're like, oh my God, I, I, I thought that this was always like this, but it's not. So... This can lead you to a, a rabbit hole uh, of negativity, by the way. So I, I think it's useful to warn our uh, listeners to this problem because you will always find something wrong with everything. What's wrong is always available. If you look hard enough, you will see how something will break. Nothing, very few things in life is unbreakable, are unbreakable. Right. So there's always something wrong. But the, the, the key is, and I, I, I made this mistake for a long time, Jennifer. I thought that what I need is to be fully certain. I need to be fully certain. When I'm certain, I'm going to go, but I need to be certain. So I lost myself in research and learning. And when people would ask me, hey, why aren't you not doing this or that, uh, that you said that you would do? I'm like, oh, wait, I'm still learning. I still have a lot to learn. But the truth is that that's just a form of hiding. 
Right. It was just hiding, right? So, so another word that comes to mind as you're talking about uncertainty would be, and, and you can let me know your thoughts on this, is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Like we think I, I have fallen prey to this so many times in my life in wanting to be certain. But I think for me, it's more about, yes, certain, but it's more about perfectionism and how then I'm going to come off sharing the information and what are people going to think and are they going to question and yes. realizing that, you know, we don't have to know more than everybody. We just need to be a little bit farther down the road for the students who then are drawn to us. So what are your thoughts on that certainty versus perfectionism as a way to yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point, uh, because I also fa- uh, also fall into that trap of, you know, it's not perfect yet, it's not perfect yet, it's not perfect yet, and what it was, it was really fear, you know, fear of, you know, what will people say if they expose me, you know, I felt like a, a fraud most of the time, because I was trying to feel that feeling of being a fraud by trying to make our uh, my mind or sorry the the stuff that i was teaching i was trying to make it bulletproof to this black swan you know but it's an i felt like it was an impossible task right so how do you let's share how you overcome that that obstacle to our listener who is like oh my gosh you're speaking to me personally because i do the same thing yes the tools and tricks that you use bruno to move past or through or over this certainty slash perfectionism obstacle. Yes. So what I did was I shifted the focus from me and how I felt towards, is this helpful in this current state, in the current form that this stuff is, the videos, the book, or whatever the product is, in this current version, is this good enough to help somebody? If the answer is yes, then if you if we don't share it with the world, we are actually preventing people from getting the help that they need. And in some cases, they were desperately looking for that help. Right. And because of your need for certainty and because for your need for perfectionism, that person will continue to suffer and will continue to look for the answer that you have because you are afraid. And when I realized this, I was like, okay, this is the time where I need to share this. Yeah, I need to share this. Because, you know, there will always, regardless of how much time and effort you put into something, there will always be one person that says, you're a fraud, this doesn't work. I tried it, it didn't work, you're a fraud. People will say this, but guess what? There will be other people who say, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing this. You are amazing. So we get to choose what we focus on and the meaning we give uh, certain things and, um, and that makes all the difference, right? I love it. So I'm going to reiterate what you just said and how I heard it to our listeners. Yep. I think it's worth repeating and is very important, especially to the one listening to us today who's really, they just feel that, that pull in their heart and in their soul to get out and be helping people. But that mm-hmm. fear is so huge. I'm going to say the fear is still behind them. They haven't really turned and faced it yet to embrace it. And I think this is a tool that will help them do that. So I heard you say that you shift the focus from yourself. You know, like, do I have it perfect? Do I know it all? Am I the authority, I guess, to does what I know right now in this moment, this version of me, as you put it, is it in a place where I can actually help someone else who may not be in the space that I am, who may not have read The Black Swan, who may not have read 
the last book on personal development or whatever. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Now you have that's it. knowledge. Is that? Is that that's it. Yeah. And that's actually the same way or the same strategy that I teach when people start uh, uh, to on their own journeys to, you know, improve themselves as, as a public speaker. Because I'm a part of an organization called Toastmasters. Some of your listeners would know this, uh, what Toastmasters is. But Toastmasters is a nonprofit organization that, that helps people improve their communication skills and leadership skills. And when people come to our club, for instance, and they say, hey, the reason why I, I, I'm, I'm on this meeting is because I am afraid of public speaking. I have these chills in my body. My, my hands start sweating. My, my legs start uh, shaking and I freeze and I cannot speak, you know, so help me out. And one of the fastest ways that I've realized that people can shift this anxiety and stress about public speaking is by shifting the focus from how they feel and how their bodies are reacting in the moment to the audience and the message that they are bringing. Because sometimes when the message is not powerful enough, when the message doesn't mean much, you know, people become fearful. But you, when you have something that you believe that makes a difference in people's lives, and you know that it matters, and you know that it can change their lives for the better, then you, that's something that you can focus on. And then when you have that in your hands, your body can do whatever, you know, your heart can be, you know, skipping a beat and running like hell. And you can be feeling all kinds of different stuff, but you are focusing on the right thing. You're focusing on, hey, I have these people in front of me. It might be two, four, 10, 100, 1,000. Doesn't, ma doesn't matter the number. All it takes is just one person to change the world. So let's focus on helping this person. And it's, you know, everything, it doesn't go away, but it makes them focus on the right thing. And that thing will give them the courage that they need to push through because courage is not the absence of fear, right? Courage is doing the right thing in spite of fearful or yeah. in doubt. So, so for me, it's like know? turning, it's like knowing that fear is there. And instead of running from it, you actually just turn around and embrace it and just like, absolutely. Own the fact that you're feeling the fear and then let that energy drive you even further to accomplish what it is. Yeah. We are really funny as human beings, by the way, because when our bodies create emotions and feelings and our heart starts speeding and uh, we start uh, breathing, breathing in a different way, we oftentimes in an unconscious way, we start labeling these reactions as some kind of of, of uh, I don't know, like we can feel it this way and, we've, and we like, hey, we're anxious, we're stressful, we're, yeah, we're worried about something, but we can actually feel the same thing and say, oh, this is enthusiasm, I'm passionate, I am ready, right? But because we're not in control of what's going on in our unconscious mind, we believe that whatever we feel and we think is the truth. When in reality, it's just one, like, it's like our unconscious mind is like searching for answers and they found the first answer was the, the easiest one was, hey, you're stressful. But you can say, hey, wait a minute, am I stressful or am I excited? Yeah, that's right. I'm excited, right? And you can actually convince yourself of this. Now, this doesn't work forever, by the way. 
right? It doesn't work like, yeah, I'm excited, but now that I'm thinking about it, now I'm really stressful. <laughs> but right. now that's the point, that's the one, two seconds that you have when your state in this, uh, when your state goes into the, in this empowering mode, when you can actually, again, focus on the value of your message, why are you doing this? Uh, will this help somebody? Yes. Okay, so let's do it. Right. So yeah. I, I love what you're saying because I recently experienced this in probably the biggest way I've ever experienced it, ever. Wow. This past Saturday, I actually gave a TED Talk. Wow. Right? It was, wow, it was right. Nice. Bucket list item. And I gave it in a little town um, that's near me, Rexburg, Idaho. I spoke on a very personal issue about okay. uh, about my, um, I'm gay. And so okay. I, I spoke about my experience of what it felt like, mm -hmm. but really what I have learned from it and how it's made me an even better person to own that. Beautiful. But, oh my gosh. Getting to that point, it was amazing. All of the the story that came into my head and the comparison and the, all of this, what we're talking about earlier, the certainty and the perfectionism and yeah. do I really have a concept that can change the world? And do I have an idea that's worth sharing? It's just, but the moment that I, I remember to just pause, let go of my notes, notice what my body was feeling, but get into my heart and let my heart start speaking. It was amazing what happens. And so that's what I hear you saying is we, we've got all the, chemicals and hormones running through and it's so easy to grab onto the negative yeah in reality we can create that story and change it just by by some of our thinking so i appreciate you bringing that out oh my pleasure and uh an interesting concept was when i realized by i think it was tony robbins that i heard saying this he was like our brains are not designed to make us feel happy our brains and our minds are designed to make us survive yes. so our mind was like, okay, what's wrong? Should I escape? I need to run, whatever it is, right? So our minds are, are not designed to feel like, hey, the, the immediate reaction is I'm happy, I'm enthusiastic, I'm passionate, I'm ready. No, you know, because when, when you're fearful, what do you do? You, you run or, or, or you freeze, you know, something happens. So you need to take, I mean, you don't need, but I would suggest that if you want to change that, right, uh, you need to take control of that automatic system and change it. And I love that you you caught your verbiage there because that you know people say oh I need to do this and I always just say well you don't need to yeah but if you, you don't need like to here's some steps exactly perfect perfect okay now I know that you are in a phase right now where you're changing mm -hmm. what you do career wise a little bit or a lot bit kind of goes back to that multi passionate thing yeah in a space of maybe feeling some discomfort and a lot of tension or frustration help us understand or share with us one what it is you're doing um some of what you're experiencing by way of emotions and then how you're moving through those so that you can do the things that you've been sharing with us now in, in the past little bit about just grabbing that fear and moving forward okay so career-wise i ended up going uh to software engineering university pretty much not because i had this calling or I was really passionate, I loved technology, I loved software, it was not like that. But, you know, kind of my parents guided me through that, you know, way out, I guess. Um, I actually liked computers, but it was not the passion. 
But at that time, I was really like in autopilot. I was going through life like autopilot. I was not really thinking about what do I want. I was like, okay, what's the next step? Yeah, it makes sense. Software engineering. Okay, fair enough. So I did the software engineering thing. It took me a lot of effort because I was not, my brain was not designed to be you know, logical and analytical. Uh, before going to university, I, I did this uh, psychology study or they did to me this test, you know, to measure my, what was best for me, basically. Right. Uh, and when I told them that, yeah, I want to be a software engineer, the person was like, are you sure? <laughs> because uh, looking at your test, it doesn't seem like your math skills are really good. Uh, I would suggest something like in a creative space, you know, something like that. I was like, no, 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 you didn't understand. I want to be a software engineer. And the person was like, okay, you can do, you can be whatever you want to be. I'm just saying this is the result. I was like, okay, that result is wrong. I will prove it to you. Like, I was like, okay, this is it. I want to be a software engineer, whatever it takes. And sure enough, I did it, but it cost me a lot of effort. Um, but the reason why I'm telling you this is because, again, oftentimes maybe some of your listeners are listening to this and they are like, hey, wait a minute. Why did I end up in this job? Why did I end up taking this course and taking this degree? Why? We, most of the time, we, we're not thinking about stuff. We're just going through the motions. And one way we wake up and people say, oh, you're having a life crisis. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm waking up for the first time. What the hell is going on? Right. You well, don't you think that, um, that that's probably my story as well? College wasn't really something that was encouraged in my household, like I went because I wanted to go, one, I wanted to get out of my house, but two, it seemed like just this really wise next step to go and get further education and be around people your own age and experience the world. And and yeah. I didn't know because there wasn't a lot of guidance and there wasn't a lot of talk about, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to create? What do you, and I too followed that path of, I thought I'm going to go be, learn how to be a teacher. And somebody mm-hmm. said, oh, no you need to specialize. You should be a speech language pathologist and gave me all the reasons why. And I followed that. So I have the degree. I've never used it <laughs> because I too was, am more on the creative side. So don't you think that a lot of people like that's, that's their experience as well. We yeah. At that age, we don't know how to really think for ourselves, follow our hearts. Absolutely. And once you wake up, the challenge is, okay, how can I change where I am to closer to who I really am? Right. You can change where you are in an instant, but you can change where you're going, at least in an instant. All it takes is, okay. the mindset is I need to figure things out. Now, the first uh, problem that I faced was, okay. so what do I want to do? And uh, in our culture, it's not really something that we talk often about the question mark, you know, the gray area. Uh, But the truth is people, um, a lot of people will have to go through that uncertainty again and the handling the question mark, the blank sheet of paper, the the whiteboard that is totally clean like this one here uh, and start mapping things out. Um, But thank God four years ago, my daughter was born and she taught me uh, some very valuable lessons. And one lesson And it's interesting to see that life sometimes, you know, life's lessons are more about remembering stuff that you already know, but you kind of forgot. Uh, And she uh, helped me remember that as a child, we are in this 
constant exploration mode, right? And she grabs a pencil and starts drawing. Next thing you know, she goes and starts dancing. Next thing you know, she starts singing. But notice that she never questions, am I a singer? Am I a painter? Am I this or am I that? She just does what she feels like doing. And that's called freedom, which is a concept that most of us are, we are chasing that like crazy. We think that money is the answer and money definitely helps get some freedom. Uh, but this freedom, we were talking at freedom at the deeper level, like freedom of the soul, freedom of judgment, freedom of creation. Uh, depending on your you know, religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs, I believe that we are as human beings, we are creative species. You know, some people are more analytical, but we end up creating stuff anyway. So I feel great when I'm creating. But what got me confused is mixing the creation mode with the identity. Wait, am I a painter? Am I a musician? Am I this? Am I that? I don't have the degree. I don't have this. And my, my daughter taught me like, hey, you're thinking too much. You know, less thinking, more feeling. You know, she didn't tell me this, but this, this was the, the realization that I got. Yes. And so people like Kanye West or people like Leonardo da Vinci, I'm saying Leonardo da Vinci and Kanye West, some listeners are going crazy right now. Oh my God. <laughs> but the truth is Kanye, he did some crazy jumps. He started as a rapper. No, sorry. He started as a producer, I think. And people were like, okay. Then he started rapping. And some people were like, hey, dude, wait a minute you are a producer, you're not a rapper. And he's like, yeah, you don't get to define who I am. I want to rap, I want to rap. And he starts rapping and he becomes successful. Next thing we know, oh, I want to be in fashion because I love fashion. People are like, hey, you're a rapper. You're not in the fashion business. But sure enough, he went there and he's doing his thing. Uh, so I, I started asking myself, okay, so how, what else could I do if I was not trapped by this beliefs of who I am, and that's it. So that's a powerful question right there. What would you do if you would not, if you were not trapped by your own current identity? Who you, do you think you are? Right. So this question led me to, you know, um, uh, discover some really interesting people in the world. Um, someone like, for instance, maybe uh, David Goggins. Do you know who David Goggins is? I, I don't. He, he's a ultra marathon guy he's a seal he he has several different i think i do yes i think i think you know the guy yeah <clears throat> so the interesting thing is david goggins if you if you look at the risk uh, at the list of achievements that he did you're like oh my god this guy's a freak of nature but when you listen to his story he oftentimes he tells the story of how many times he surprised himself by pushing beyond what he thought was possible for him. And he managed to go through that limitation and achieve more than he thought that he could achieve. Now, this thing, Jennifer, breaks the belief that we cannot achieve more than we currently believe we can, because we can. We can go beyond our beliefs. But when that happens, what we can call that is a breakthrough, right? We can break through our limitations. And when that happens again, you end up thinking, okay, if I did this, what else can I do? So uh, I, what, I would, what I would say to your listeners is 
Uh, and, and again, to, me, to myself, because I'm eating my own medicine, right? What I'm, what I'm currently doing is breaking free from the concepts of identity, who am I, artist, engineer, I don't care anymore. I would just do what my soul says that I should do and then figure out the rest later. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you were telling us at the, at the beginning of this, of creating the not the to-do list, but the list of things that you like to do. Yeah. Creating space to do them. One, so that you're bringing that joy into your life and you're getting that reminder. I almost said remembery. I love to make it work. You're getting a remembery <laughs> of, of what you know about yourself. So then you can step into those creative spaces and be like, oh my gosh, this is part of who I am. And, and you never know where that's going to take you. I love that yeah. you're in that space right now. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. permission for other people to be in that space and that it's more than okay. Absolutely. That's it. Break free of your identity, create new identities. Uh, you know, let other people label you and while you just focus on, you know, exploring what makes your soul come alive, because I think that's what we need. Yes. You know, when people when you meet someone who who's fully alive, fully passionate, fully in their purpose, even if they're not still at the level that they want to be, they want to impact more people, they want to share, you know, whatever it is. We all have goals and we're always trying to get to that, you know, point. But when you meet someone, they are on the path, they're on the journey and they're fully alive. You can feel that, right? You can feel that energy. Their eyes are sparkling. They, they are, and you leave the conversation feeling way better than you were before. Well, when you talk with somebody who's not doing that, someone who's following and just going through the motions, and you talk to that person for five minutes, and you end up the conversation like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Yeah. What the hell hell just happened? Yeah. I love this point that you just said, and I'm going to, it's worth reiterating for me. It says, you let other people spend or waste their energy putting on labels, and then you just go out and explore what makes your life come alive. Absolutely. I'm all about this. I am on all kinds of fire that you just said that. Fantastic. Very cool. Oh my gosh. I feel like you and I could sit down and have more immense and long conversation. We're, we're about to our hour point here. And so <laughs> I, I'm just going to say this. I, I'm going to be in touch with you, one, because I want to. I think you're a cool guy and I love where you're going and I love the journey that you're on. But what I love more about it is that you're willing to share it with the listener today. Come on and say, this is my journey and I don't have it all figured out, but here's what I know right now and here's how it's helpful and giving that permission for people to be in the places that they're at and stop hiding behind the perfection and and the reminder or the remembery to get out and do what you love. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great recipe for feeling all kinds of good feelings. Yeah, you and I, we're going to talk again. I'm going to keep it, keep in touch. And uh, because I would like, love to like a little bit down the road, touch base with you and do another one of these and see where you yeah. come in, yeah, in yeah. a couple of months or, or where you're at. Or maybe your life is taking a crazy turn. You're like, oh my heck, I'm doing the scene I never thought I would be doing. And Absolutely. It's really fun to touch base. I'm down. As we're, as we're wrapping it up here, what would be some final thoughts that you would have for the listener or or tool that they could take away and just start using right now to step into like the things that make them come alive. Okay. So I would say this, 
Touching on our last point, I think it would be the most powerful one is to explore without further intention than the intention of discovering who or what makes you come alive. Uh, what prevents sometimes people from doing this is because they're all, they start too early to focus on, okay, but how exactly can I make money doing this? Because I need money and I get that, right? We live in the economical worlds and things cost money. Um, but the truth is you can be earning money and still feel like crap, okay? So uh, the, the key is when you are alive, right? When you are doing what you're supposed to do in the moment and when you share that with someone else, that creates a chain reaction that can do all kinds of good stuff happen. Now, the money, uh, I, I, I've learned this from Ken Blanchard, the, an old leadership guy. He says that money, and I love this, money is the applause you get. Oh. By, money is the applause you get by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So it's a consequence, not the goal itself. And another person that I really respect, uh, sadly, is not with us anymore, is a person, is a guy called Zig Ziglar, the motivational speaker, uh, sales guy. He said that on a scale from, uh, um, no, he says that money is like oxygen. You really need it. But to say that human beings are designed to just breathe would be a lousy way to describe ourselves as human beings, right? We do more than just breathe. And breathing is important. If you stop breathing, you're dead. Yeah, gotta have so, it. Yeah, gotta have it. So money, you gotta have it. But what else? Okay, what else? Because when you start with money, you end up attracting all kinds of interesting people. Let's put it that way. You attract people whose sole focus is to make money, whatever it takes, whatever the costs. Now, if that's what you want, that's perfect. You know, go ahead, do it, make some money. That's great. I want to make money, or I don't want to be poor, because I believe that by turning my passions, my skills, my experience into the service of others, the money will be just a natural result of, just, of them saying, hey, Bruno, you know what? You helped me so much. Here's my money as a token of my appreciation. I know that this will help you, support you on your journey to help more people like me. So brother, here it is, right? That's it. And that's how I want to live my life. It's so delicious. Like, <laughs> it, it's one of those principles that can feel really tricky to grab onto, especially when your bank account is not in a place that you would like it to be and you're not as comfortable financially as again as you as feels comfortable yes you really keep focused on on what you just said and that is to serve people and let yes. them applaud you or um, thank you through the exchange of the energy that is money and i just remember one thing jennifer before we go because i think it will help the the listeners and guide themselves through that uh, insanely crazy and difficult exercise that I tell them before, which was go, you know, lose yourself and explore whatever makes you feel alive. And they're like, okay, I don't even know where to start. Right. You know, start with the first thing that comes to your mind. If it's painting, start painting. If it's music, start, you know, making music, start doing whatever, just start, but get this. When you're going through this process of losing yourself, 
I've, I've heard this from Gandhi. I mean, I don't sure if it was from Gandhi, but whoever it was, it was a interesting or um, insanely smart person. Uh, that person said, the best way to lose yourself is in the service of others. So whatever it is that makes you feel come alive, don't just, you know, do it for yourself. Share it with others because they will share it with more people. And again, it will create a movement. So oh, friends, love it. There you have it, my friends. Wise words from my buddy, Bruno Coelho. Coelho. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So the, the accent, I need the accent. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> I'm going to have listeners like messaging in saying, could you interview him again? Because we just want to listen to him talk. <laughs> <laughs> right awesome thank you again for sharing these little bits of insight especially in a place in your life where you're you know you're doing the shifting you're feeling the emotions and feelings of of change and embracing all of the knowledge that you have and then being excited where it's going to take you and i guess that we have a listener or two today who are really going to embrace that and be grateful that you opened that door to just be who they are and without fear. Well, no, 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 not, not without fear, but embracing the fear. Yeah, embracing. Moving forward with it. So thank you again for the reminder to live what you love. And if you don't know, then start making your list, start exploring and doing those things. Yes, that's the reason why I resigned from my job, by the way. I don't think I mentioned this. <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I resigned from my job. I don't have, and I didn't have at the time, and I still don't have anything specific uh, to do besides, again, focusing on helping people with their careers, helping people sell their value in the marketplace. Um, and when I told my boss that I would be resigning and uh, that I didn't have anything planned, he was like, oh my God, you know, nobody has done this before in my, in my career, he said. And he's, a, you know, he's an experienced guy. And every, every person that I talked to, they were like, oh, I wish I was as brave as you are. Because you have a daughter, you have a wife, you have all kinds of stuff. You have a house, car, you know, whatever. And you are resigning a job that pays you very well to do God knows what. You're crazy. You're brave. You know, all kinds of reactions. So I'm just sharing this, not, not to brag like, hey, look at me. I resigned and I don't have nothing. <laughs> but I'm telling you this because, again, I'm eating my own medicine. I'm saying to you, lose yourself, find yourself. Uh, and I'm doing as well. Whatever the costs, because the pain that I was feeling, living a life that that was not um, that was not allowing me to use all my potential, I felt like it was not worth living. I don't care whatever happens. I know that I will feel better, you know, knowing that I'm not gonna settle for anything less that I can be, share, or create. I love it. So, oh whatever it takes. <laughs> and that's what I, I actually really appreciate you bringing that out. Uh, we did not mention that at the beginning. I knew that. That's part of, I think, what resonates in my heart with you is, is that I did the same thing. You know, I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do, not really sure what those steps were going to be, uh, what I would experience along the way. And it, I definitely have been knocked around and I've fallen down. And you just get back up and you just keep moving forward, finding those things that bring you joy. And so I, I add my words to Bruno's. We're not encouraging you to just leave your jobs. Please note, take note. We're not encouraging you to leave your jobs. However, if that is the thing that's calling to your heart or you have something that's really speaking to you, do it. 
find the way to get out and just do it so that you can live all of who you are. And at the beginning, Bruno, he mentioned a point that I'm going to reiterate here is that when you're not sharing who you are, someone else is suffering the consequences of that. You have a key and a piece that other people need that only you can share. So that would be my message. And I'm sure Bruno would give his high five to that as well. Share absolutely. Give and thumbs up to be who you are and then share it because somebody needs you and what you have to offer. Bruno, are you taking, are you taking clients? I am. Yes. Awesome. I am. Of course. Here, let's do this. We're just going to say that uh, if, if you've heard this podcast and you're looking for a mentor or coach, you obviously can come to me, but now you got another person that you can go to Bruno from Portugal with the amazing accent and lots of wisdom <sighs> under his belt. If you mention this podcast, we'll figure something out so that everybody gets taken yeah. care of. We know where you come from and we know how to support you in the best ways possible. With that, I'm just going to say thank you for sharing your time with us, for sharing your heart space. And if you liked any part of this podcast, I'm going to encourage you and invite you to share it with two people, just two people, just what we've been talking about here. Don't hide the message under a bushel, share it out, help someone else. And if you like it even more than that, we're going to invite you to share and applaud us through your dollars as well so that we can continue to bring you great people and amazing content that will help you move forward in the things that you want to accomplish. And with that, we're going to say, like we always say, and you've got to believe in yourself or no one else can. It will be great.